Hey, how you doing? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Oh, yes, I can hear you now. Yes. Hi, I just left a voicemail for you. Good to have you on. Um, well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a journey to get to this point. And I'm actually out and about, so I'm, I'm using that app itself to um, go live. Well, they told me we're live. Hopefully we are. I'm looking for comments and stuff in the bottom of the box. Uh, anyway, this is going to be really informal. I chose the topic in an imposter's mindset based on what you shared in your bio. And at this point, um, just introduce yourself to, to the audience that may come on now or come on later. I know that when I shared it on Instagram today, we got a lot of hits on that thing, uh, which, which is good. So let's see what happens. Um, sure. And, and explain to me, if you would, please, what do you mean by imposter mindset? Uh, I'm going at this one as, aspect of how people are not always true to themselves. I use that instead of saying imposter syndrome, like people know it as more. Uh, I use the term imposter mindset. People are not true to who they are. And some of the things you and I'm coming at you from an aspect of people you may have encountered on your journey and your profession, whom you may have assisted to become more of who they can be. If they choose oh, to that, need your advice. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense then, because I certainly am someone that is very true to my integrity and who I am. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are not. Some of us took a while to get there. I'm still struggling some days. <laughs> I don't mind saying. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And based on what you share with me in your bio and your background, I'm like, this is a perfect person to talk about that to a, on a different level. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And it's, you know, a, a pleasure to be on your show. Appreciate it. Um, that in itself has been a journey. <laughs> Some days I thought I was being an imposter, but anyway, it's real. <laughs> yeah. So this is your time, doctor. You speak as you see fit. Um, should people join us, you'll see them pop up. And however you want to take questions, I have the option to mute folks out, but I usually don't because I like a free flow of conversation. No, it sounds it sounds very good. And really what I am all about is, you know, handling adversity and challenges in your life by being real mm -hmm. and and by being real and true to your own integrity and your own good nature. And, you know, really, we can't control what other people do or the situations that are presented in front of us. But we can control how we handle these these challenges. We can control how we respond. And, you know, myself, like so many other people, have been through some adversity, some challenges. So let's hear some, about some, some of that. You have some of your story. If you don't... Sure, sure. I would be happy to. You know, I was um, going along living the American dream. I was... Um, in a wonderful, rewarding, and successful career as a high school special ed teacher. Wow. Um, retired after 35 years. And wow. 12 of those years, I was a university graduate school adjunct professor. So I was very successful professionally. And I was also living a beautiful life, at least I thought I was. And I was raising two children and just, you know, thought that, 
that things were fine. However, I was ignoring red flags along the way and realized that after 27 years of marriage, I needed to escape that situation. That really who I thought I was married to was not the person, you know, that was the actual person. So I, I, you know, it was definitely, that was an imposter in a way. And, you know, there are people out there that can fool others for years and years and years, even a lifetime. And I was fooled. Um, I, but I also went along believing my own narrative that, okay, things would get better or, you know, I was actually gaslit. And so I questioned my reality. I questioned what I saw and what I heard. So you were being what I see in my Instagram post. Um, sometimes we are, we look in the mirror and we see an imposter of who we are. Well, it it was just mind-blowing. In fact, you know, there was a defining moment where my light bulb was clearly illuminated, and I knew that I needed to kind of escape with my life. And, and you know, I knew that there would be repercussions. Um, I had no idea that I would lose most everything, my home, mm. my money, my mm. my assets my support system of friends and family and neighbors but what was extremely devastating is i lost two adult children to parental alienation and so i i my whole world as i knew it was just you know completely you know turned upside down and so you know at that point you know, you're kind of in survival mode, you know, you're taking care of your basic safety needs of, you know, shelter, food, transportation, that type of thing. You know, at least I had my job and I luckily still had my health, um, even though I think both of those things were, you know, on the list to be sabotaged. But luckily that did not happen. But, you know, what I had, though, was a deep sense of right and wrong. I had a deep sense of honesty and core values that really saw me through. And I actually, you know, at one point, you know, since I lost so much, had to have a garage sale, I was actually presented with some spiritual miracles that were kind of signs for me to let me know that I was on the right path that even though I I made a very tough decision to file for divorce it was the best thing I could do for myself and you know that led me on really a spiritual awakening journey and um and and my experiences were so profound I ended up like many others who have had transformative experiences I wrote a book I wrote a spiritual fiction um, that won many awards and was endorsed by James Redfield, the best-selling mm-hmm. author of The Celestine Prophecy, and uh, it's titled God Came to My Garage Sale. And um, so that really helped me find my voice and also realize that I could process things through writing. And that led me to my five book series called True Deceit, 
false love because I really believed that I was in a true love situation. And boy, did I want that. I wanted that for myself, for my family. Um, you know, I just thought this is, you know, that I had achieved really what I was meant to achieve by being a wife and mother and, you know, a successful teacher and everything. But I had to come to the realization that I was not dealing with true love. I was actually dealing with true deceit. Which goes back to being an imposter. Yep, yep. Um. And actually in coping with that, you know, um, it's so important, I believe, to do a deep dive into, you know, the research on narcissistic personalities or people that are malevolent or have an evil streak, you know, want to harm other people. Um, I needed to understand parental alienation to understand, you know, why I went through all the stages of grief for the death of living children. I, mm. I really had, you know, the research you said the really death of living me. children. The death of living children. Yeah, parental alienation is when, you know, a loving parent, and it can be a dad or a mom, mm -hmm. um, but they lose their children because the children align with the abuser, that they, you know, it's almost like they're brainwashed. They're fed a false narrative. Um, even, you know, in my case, my kids were 20 and 23 at the time. You would think that they would know better from experience that, you know, their mom was not any of whatever they mm -hmm. were told. But, you know, abusers are very skilled manipulators mm -hmm. and and they can convince children. They can convince neighbors. They can mm -hmm. convince Judges and lawyers, they can convince so many people of such a false narrative because they're extremely charismatic. They have spent years observing other people's behavior and they really, you know, um, it's, it's almost like a game to them. You know, they carry on a double and triple life. You know, again, we're back to the imposter. And, and I just ignored these red flags. I was just very, very ignorant. But that was about to change because I, I really needed to look into that. And I stayed true to who I was. I didn't, you know, just because someone else did terrible things, I didn't react with a terrible response. I reacted by responding with love and kindness and, and goodness. But, you know, I needed to really learn about what I was experiencing. And another big part of it is to look into your own past, you know, childhood experiences and family dynamics and what were some patterns that made up the foundation of who you are and made you a target for something like this. I had to really learn about that. And, and that alone was extremely painful to realize that, you know, I had also buried, you know, uh, experiences that I had had um, that weren't so positive in, in my own family of origin dynamics. 
So it was definitely a journey, but you know, I, I speak the truth and I try to inspire and encourage others that find themselves in challenging situations to really, you know, definitely do the research, you know, into whatever they're dealing with, as well as the deep dive into their own, you know, um, intergenerational family dynamics and then also just stay true to the good person that they are that they can rise above this Now, Alfred, I don't hear you, so I'm not sure if you are on or if you. Okay, have... you hear me, do you hear me now? Oh, I do hear you now. Okay, yes. see, I'm still getting some better understanding of these app, this app because I do it right. primarily no the app versus doing the laptop. What I'm saying is like, in a sense, um, one chooses to lay under layers of covering. Even though one has heat in the home, and at some point the heat gets to you, you're like, boy, I'm hot. I'm getting warmer and warmer. And I'm going to turn the heat off. So let me peel back one layer, then another layer, then another layer, then another layer. Similar in what analogy to what you're saying, as individuals, we may find ourselves in a comfortable spot and we're relaxing and we've built these layer, layer upon layer to create this comfortable space. But, but until we are willing to, peel back layer after layer to get down to the true self, the true space, one can never really go forward. Right. I think it's so important to to live in honesty and live in truth. And and then when you realize that some people that you have surrounded yourself with do not have those same values, Mm -hmm. it's really a deal breaker. Yeah. And sometimes I think to a certain degree, that's when one has to be willing to change one circle of people or circle of influence or, or sometimes even to stand alone uh, because there are people, as I'm sure you will agree, that share similar values, similar levels of integrity, walk of similar thoughts that can actually help build you up. But it means letting go. Like I told one coworker, I'm telling this coworker over and over again to the point I'm not going to say it anymore once he made clear his position on certain things. That if you really want to advance in life, you may have to let some people go in life. Because those people are not bad, necessarily bad people. But they're holding you back from going to where you want to go and being who you want to be. Because they enjoy where they're at. They want you to remain where they're at. But you really want more out of this thing called life for yourself. Wow, Alfred, that is just awesome the way that you said that. That is, you know, you articulated that so beautifully because really um, when we can let go of people or situations that don't serve us and that actually are bringing us down or keeping us from moving forward and realizing our own self-worth, then, you know, when we can let go of those people, we can make room for other 
like-minded people. And, you know, it's very, very hard for people to do, and I'm definitely struggled with this Mm -hmm. myself, of Mm -hmm. putting up some healthy boundaries. Because, you know, we are trauma bonded to people. Sometimes it's even family. You know, I I, I would say say sometimes we're not, well, well, as you say, trauma bonded, I think sometimes we're trauma bonded to the trauma because it gives us a reason to get up. It might be. It might be. But it, sometimes it, that's all it's you not know. It's not, it's not healthy. That's right. It's not healthy. But, but if there's peace and there's quiet, we have not learned how to exist in that peace or quiet yet. So we exist in the trauma. I find myself still doing that sometimes even now. It's like I'm more comfortable when there's confusion than I am when there's peace. So I have to do a self-check. Like, wait a minute. This is not healthy. Let's back away. Shut up. Change something. But don't stay in it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And, you know, I think change is very hard for people. And there's a lot of fear associated with change. You know, fear on if I'm going to make it on my own or what will other people think or, you know, is this causing some extreme damage, you know, mm-hmm. to other people? There's a lot of reasons to have that feeling. But, you know, I will tell you, I, I moved from a lifetime in the Chicago suburbs mm-hmm. after leaving this 27-year marriage. And mm-hmm. even though I suffered significant losses, I, I moved to the Caribbean where I've been the last three years. Wow. I am living in peace. I am... You know, now I totally opposite climate. You went from the cold to totally, yeah, yeah. But I appreciated, you know, the Chicago weather and the Chicago landscape um, just fine. But part of my desire to move was to get as far away as I could from my abuser, even though they will continue to obsess and stalk and harass you. It doesn't matter if you're on the other end of the earth. You know, yeah. it's very yeah. hard for for abusers to to their predators. It's very hard for a predator to let their prey go and for them to, to move on. But I will tell you, I personally am living in peace and um, this is where I'm I'm much a- happier. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I began to talk about this new event, newer event in my life on my podcast, which is I had a biological sister to pass. Some people like, don't, don't like the word die. She died. Um, right. Transitioned. Yes. Different words. But thing is, yeah. when she, some of the individuals I've shared, what I'm going to share now again, on this podcast episode, um, they look at me like, that's your sister. I'm like, that was your sister. I'm like, you don't know. And you t- but I eventually tell them some stuff that she was my abuser. She was my, she was my abuser. So yeah. she, she wasn't physical, but she was mentally. In a, we can, our background is anyone goes at park by very first episode. No, I came from a very troubling childhood. Like a lot of people do. But she, in her passing, in her passing, I found peace. Right. Uh, And you know, for you, Alfred, to acknowledge that. Here's the thing where people come at me differently, it came at me differently. 
I did not go to her funeral. I didn't go to her funeral because, first of all, this the function this dysfunction there. I found out she had died through my youngest son, but it went to a different level that same evening. Her husband, who I never met, called me on her phone, which she had blocked my number because I knew use her phone. I called her number back; it was blocked. She wanted me to a couple of years, a few years ago. She called me up. I spoke with her. She wanted me to forgive her for all she had did. I said, I forgive you. In this last few so couple of years, we spoke maybe three times since that point. This man calls me up that Saturday night, which I will remember forever. It's a Saturday night. And wanted to go after me verbally for not being there for my sister. This man oh, whom I've never met. Right. This man. So she, as I told my fiance, she was still attacking me. From the grave through him. Yes, she was. And good for you for acknowledging that. Yeah. But here's the other thing. One of my two of my cousins, one of them whom I had not spoke to in years, they attended the funeral. This particular cousin who I had not spoken to in years, not because I didn't want to, her number, she had blocked my number, but she unblocked my number to text me about not attending that funeral. And then I respect, I reminded her that in the process of that time span that she had a brother to die. And I was the one who showed up for her and her siblings, her sister, when her brother passed. And my uncle, their dad, did not even go to the funeral. I was the one who came through for them as a, as a fraternal, uh, fraternal figure in the family. I was there. So you're coming after me when your own father refused to show up at his son's funeral. And when there are other things that happen in your family involving you, to which she, I'm telling you secondhand because these people, I had to block them again. Like they removed people. She, uh, went on to continue, this cousin went on, got her say in to stop responding, sending messages and calls out, responding to my messages and calls. Because I reminded her, I was the one that was there for you. So this thing about forgive and get over his family, I reminded her that she needs to deal with her own dad and his abuse toward her first while he's alive. Stop judging me. Because right. the, the, the person in the middle, my, my sister, her first cousin, I made peace with her. I'm not carrying this on in my spirit and my life and my energy. Because for me, whatever death looks like for her on the other side of things is I have peace on this side. I don't have to worry about my phone being call, called with threats of, and all this other foolishness. And this was a 50-year, 50 50, I mean 60, a 50-year-old woman right. who had not healed. So maybe death is her peace. I don't know. But I'm going back to what you said. bringing that quick, quick piece of my life and to this to say that sometimes we have to let go of the living people who claim they love you, but really they're continuing to abuse in a different form. Does that make sense? You know, it does. And I just appreciate, and I'm sure your listeners appreciate you sharing such a vulnerable part of an experience that you had. And I think that too often 
you know, especially in time of death, there are external expectations mm -hmm. by family members and they're not necessarily the most healthy no, for no, the, for no, everyone no. involved. And, and I just commend you in having the courage to make this choice that was the best for you. But you see, know, I, have a, I have a good support system as well. I have an 82 year old aunt and another person who's like a cousin. She's really a blood cousin, but she's, but she's more like an aunt. And they were my backbone through this. We all agreed that none of us was going to, we're going to attend that funeral and we will send a flower in our name because we all had history at one level or another with my sister. Right. And we could not accept, we could not use her illness as an excuse. Yeah, she eventually, she had eventually had Parkinson's and the dementia and all the other stuff, but that doesn't negate from the age she was 15 to the age she was 52 how she will verbally abuse and use people. That's a lot of years, 15 right. to 58. Uh, and, and I will, I could add more, but I'm not out of respect for some other people. But that doesn't negate that because she simply died and she's my blood sister. No more right. than like you said in your case, I'm going to make sure I say it correctly. You were in a marriage for all those years, but you were dealing with an imposter. She was my biological sister. And every time I, for a long time, even in my marriage, she would, she would reach out. I would try to be there. But she came as an imposter. And, it, and in the public eye, she was this all this great person. But behind the scenes, she was the person I just described. And only those closest to me knew of this. So at some point, we have to leave our imposters. We have to leave our abusers. And like you said, other people may say, how could you? They're such a wonderful person. They're so nice. Look at this. What you're giving up. Look what you're losing. But no one, only those of us who walk through it really know. Right. And I think eventually others will recognize it in some form or another when they really think about stuff. But, for, but in, our, in my reality, like in your reality, peace is more important in the now than the one day it will come. Does that make sense? Yes, it most certainly does make sense. And, you know, you have to stay true to your honesty. And, you know, you followed your gut intuition to make a choice. And I know from so what you I've know? heard here, you made the best choice for yourself. And, and so you cannot you. worry about other people and their opinions about it. No, especially people that have, made, have spoken to me once in favor of five years, seven years, or keep my number blocked until they want to unblock it and spew out some stuff. Right. Because uh, even as you said in your case, um, you found something on the other side of your marriage. You found a different type of peace when you recognize where you are at. And that's why I'm going to go back and keep playing this word again, again and again. Sometimes we can become our own, an imposter. We can become an imposter. We wear this fake image. We wear this smile. would be all these things. We'd be the perfect husband, the perfect wife. We'd be the dad. But when we can speak as our true selves, people, have fought, those who have fallen in love with the imposter, no longer want to deal with the true person. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, like like you're sharing about yourself. You're speaking from your heart, I believe. You're speaking from your journey, like I asked you to. 
Right. You dealt with some separation with your children. But however, the, the gain was you discovered who you were. And in time, things may or may not work themselves out. Um, I could go into some details with that, some of that with myself, but I'm not on this episode. This is your time to talk. I try to keep it about 30 to 45 minutes. Uh, until I stop doing like a panel. So I can have up to seven people on at the same time. Now. Right. That would be a lot to manage. Well, but you know, what you it, were it, saying it, it, it's it, very it, it, important. It would be more like a what, forum, though. Yeah, be, yeah, it would work, you know. But anyway, what you're saying, go back. I'm listening. Well, I was saying what what you were saying, it's, it's very important to stay true to who you are. Yeah. And, you know, you're not out to please other people. Um, you know, in fact, they're not the ones living your life or experiencing what you have experienced. And, you know, if you were to have just gone to the funeral or if you would have, you would just be kind of being an imposter yourself, like not being true to acknowledging what really happened. And then I would have also put myself in a position where I wouldn't have known where she could have attacked me even more from the grave. The reason I say that is, and I've shared this in other podcast episodes, I'll share it again. Our mother, when she passed away, uh, I wasn't, she did not allow me to attend the funeral or my wife at the time, or children. Wow. Uh, our mother knew how she was, how the issues she had going on. She put certain safeguards in place beyond the grave. I'd allow her to manipulate me and use me in certain ways. But at the funeral, she let me know the day before, before the funeral that at the funeral, she was going to expose everything that she considered bad about the family and about her own mother. She was going to use it as a platform to attack. Yeah. So the option at the time was to leave the state of Tennessee, come back to North Carolina, and avoid the funeral. Because uh, I knew she would keep her word. Uh, I know she would because years later, she played that same card out, and I fell for it. No, no. Years earlier, she had played that card out, and I fell for it. So I knew when my, my mom died, I could not put myself at risk this time. Years earlier, she had did similar, played that card, and put me in a bad situation. So well, you know, you are very wise to be able to see this. And uh, there are so many people I had, that... I, I, had, I had an ex, ex-wife. That's how I had. She's still my ex-wife. Because uh, she's alive. I said, hey, like she died. Uh, for years throughout, the marriage when my sister would come around, she she told me after the divorce was over, she saw everything she was up to, all her scheming. She saw through all the imposter stuff, but because I was her brother, she kept her she kept her mouth, kept her space, because she had no other choice but to speak, and that was how that went on for better part of that twenty one year marriage. Uh, but after it was all over, she let me know up front that until I let this, let her go, my sister go, I would never have peace because she was determined to rob me of peace. She, mm-hmm. as I said before in other episodes, I said that because I repeated some of the things in my story. Uh, 
we came from an abusive home. I'm two, I was two years older than her. She held it against me that I didn't protect her. I also said to her, how could I protect you when I was a child myself? Right. But as an adult, you could do the same. You had a choice like I had a choice to change the circle of people, get with people, get the right help you need, the right guidance, and do something in life other than hurt people. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, like you said, I'm, I'm going to get off of my but man, wagon, go back to you again. Uh, overcoming imposter syndrome, is it not like what you just said in your story? Breaking free, moving on, even changing your environment, changing where you live. Is that also part of breaking, the, breaking that chain? Right. You know, I, it really helped me. I don't think that everyone needs to move. Um, I'm not saying physically me, move, but move in some context. Oh, I think that you have to, you know, move and grow emotionally because, uh-huh. you know, to stay stuck in something that is not positive and that is toxic or abusive is is doing such harm, um, not only to you, but to so many other people. Yeah. And, you know, when you uncover, like you're saying, the the layers of the onion, you know, when you uncover you know, one particular relationship and how, you know, someone could have such different values and they are out to hurt other people, you might realize that you have actually other people surrounding you that, you know, also are not really who you think they are. Yeah, the the imposters. Right, it's almost like we're, we're very good people and honest and empathetic and we almost project our goodness onto others by giving them the benefit of the doubt or making excuses for them or staying there or or just showing up um, when really, you know, who are we showing up for just to make it look good, you know, just just to keep a narrative going? Uh Uh-uh, that's not worth it. That's not worth it. And, you know, you have to cut your losses and you realize that when you are, you know, awake to the bigger picture there you find that your circle of family and friends gets smaller and smaller and smaller but you are more authentic and you are dealing with quality not the quantity so as we wrap this up um share with the listening audience three up to three things that you or reiterate up to th- Three of the things you talked about as far as being true to yourself and not living life as an imposter. Well, you know, definitely I think that you should come with a lens of love and compassion. Mm-hmm. Now, even if you do set up a healthy boundary and you don't allow someone in your life or you don't keep someone in your life on a day to day, that doesn't mean that you are wishing them ill will or anything. You're just protecting yourself. Mm-hmm. And so that's okay. And give yourself permission to do that. Okay. Um, you know, another thing is do a little bit of research into different personality types. And so you can understand what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, understand some of these different personalities and then it'll kind of make a little more sense 
And, and then also you need to do a deep dive into your own past traumas. Like you brought up, you know, the family dynamics and you need to really understand what made you a target for being treated so poorly. Now let's take, let's pivot off of that until you, your books to close it out. Name whichever book you feel be most important for someone to acquire in this area. I like that book, please. Well, I, you know, I've got this five book series called Mm -hmm. True Deceit, False Love, and it addresses domestic violence, narcissistic abuse, parental alienation, and intergenerational family trauma. And I would say out of those books, you know, the first book is actually a book of terms and phrases about these types of dynamics. I mean, there's 15,555 phrases. And so, yeah, it's, it's a lot, but that was part of my journey to sort of investigate, you know, what do all of these different terms mean? Because once people start to research and, and listen to podcasts or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, read some literature. They they throw out these terms about being a golden child, a scapegoat, you know, projection, um, manipulation, narcissism, all of those things. I didn't know what a lot of those things meant. And so I needed to research them. And when we do research them, we can connect the dots to our own experience. Wow. And another one of the books is acrostic poetry where it comes from um so many different points of view um to understand some of these terms and Mm -hmm. then i also even have a word search puzzle book as part of this series because sometimes you know dealing with this it gets extremely heavy and overwhelming Mm -hmm. and if we can distract ourselves a little bit or just relax a little bit and do a word search puzzle while we're still learning about these terms and and dealing with our traumas. Um, that can be extremely healing. We use a different part of our brain um, as a and and so one of these books is a tool for that to just help you, you know, understand what you've been through, but handle this challenge and, and grow in a positive way. Now, I know I've asked quite a bit from you, as I'm doing now, asking more of the guests to come on the show. Um, I've put the posts on my Facebook page and my Instagram page. So if you, at your convenience, at your leisure, go in and add your books to the comment section. Well, I will tell you, Alfred, I'm not on any social media. You're not? Okay. No, no, I'm not on any social media. And if people want to find out more about me and my books and different events that I am doing, my speaking engagements or book signings or whatever, it's all on my website, which is www.godcametomygaragesale.com. Okay. Because that's where all my audience is at through social media. Right, right. And, but that's okay. Um, just because I'm not on social media doesn't mean that, you know, um, I can't virtually connect with people here. That, that's the beautiful part of it all. So, uh, let me just make sure. Oh, I, I, I'm going to, I see, I, I still have you on. I just see if I've added the link. 
I'm gonna do it now. I, we can still conversate as we as I do this. Sure. Uh, sure. I just. Uh, well, I, I just thank you for having me on, no, 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 you're Alfred, good. No, you're and good. I'm glad that we had such a uh, heartfelt conversation. And you know, just in a short time, we we both revealed such personal things about ourselves and our family dynamics and our situation. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, it helps other people. Yeah, I always try to tie in some of that um, in my podcast because I think my story and other people's stories, they overlap with each other. Yes, um, they do. I'm going to do something now. Uh, yeah, that's the beautiful part of doing this this way. <laughs> okay. Uh, as, you can continue talking. I'm just adding this like, really quick. Well, uh, so, just, just so a message was, uh, to your audience, you know, you guys might not be experiencing, you know, the same kinds of experiences that we talked about tonight, but all of us have challenges one way yeah, or another. Well, this, this is where I like my podcast is geared in that context. We may not share the same challenges. We may not have been through abuse. We may not have been through this or that, but we all have emotional, emotional IQ. We all have the same emotions. It's how we respond and do X, Y, Z. So it may not be from a traumatic experience. It may be on a job event. That's why people say, well, Alfred, what is your podcast about? I believe there's a connecting line to whatever you've been through, whether it's negative, whether it's positive. If you have a heart and you can feel you have emotions, and in some way or another, you can benefit from whatever context presented here. Uh, that's why this is uh, being done as we speak so that right. well there's nothing like just a candid conversation and being real nope. and saying, saying what's on our mind and what we have gone through and how we've we've overcome some of the challenges how we face it because then it gives people permission to think well maybe I can rise above this too maybe I will take one of these nuggets that was shared tonight and I'll apply it to my own life. That's and I could whole, be- that's the whole point of my podcast. Yeah. If there's a nugget, then you can use it. Um, yeah. So I'm going to close it out. As I always do. Uh, thank you, Dr. Marnie for being with us this evening on this podcast episode. My listeners, please go to my link tree and support however you can financially this podcast episode i realize some people use patreon currently i do not so my link to your accounts have links there support it support the advertisers that will be attached to this podcast once it goes out into through the to the entire world pretty much uh, yes this is a hard game being an influencer being a person who shares their heart who writes uh, authors such as the doctor however we do it because we love to do it. We love people. We also realize we have to be comp- compensated for our work. So support us. Support her by clicking the link that's going to be associated with this episode to her website. But she says she's not on social media, but she has a website. Visit the link. See what's there for you. Um, life is about more than living. Is nothing without the people that come upon this show. Is nothing without me taking time to create the right content for the audience. 
And if any of you have followed me today on Instagram because of this, reach out to the doctor. Go to her website. Do some shopping. Engage with her. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed having her on this evening. And she's one of the reasons that life is definitely about more than living. In that final, in other final words, doctor. Well, just thank you so much for having such a, a, you know, honest platform to just have these conversations. And, you know, really people that are out there, whatever your challenge is, you can rise above it. Stay true to your values. Do a little research into what you're dealing with and where you came from and where you want to go and just put one foot in front of the other and stay true to your values. You know, honesty, love, and compassion doesn't mean that you have to put your boundaries down and accept negative in your life, but you can rise above the negative. Thank you, Doctor. Have a great evening. Enjoyed you. Look forward to having you again sometime, perhaps the next year or so. Thank you again. Well, thank you so much. You take and, care. Uh, check your